All right. Y'all ready to have some church tonight? We was waiting on you. What? Where's she at? Oh, no, we got to have church, man. She got to be in here. Not me. Uh-uh. Hallelujah. Yeah, uh-huh. Hello. Doing good. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, she'll probably be in here momentarily. Whew. Yeah, Monday. Talking about Wendy. Monday, Wendy went back to work, and they've been they've been off, and so she had all this to catch up on. She gets in there, and they use QuickBooks online, and QuickBooks crashed. The whole system was gone. She's like, oh no. So <laughs> she was not happy. <laughs> she had two weeks worth of stuff to catch up on, and the system crashed. So, but luckily she got it. So, anyways. Well, it's good to see all of y'all anyways. Uh, I know we got some people that are out sick. Uh, I heard that Hank did okay. He's uh, in, in, I guess, in his room last I heard. Okay. Uh, so we had that. Uh, haven't heard anything on Lisa uh, with the stuff that's going on over there. Good. Okay. Good. James? Okay. Okay. Uh, I know Mike said he was out sick. Mike got a smartphone, so I don't know if he knows how to use it yet or not. He was texting me today and... He wouldn't respond, so I don't know. Beverly sent me a message. She got him a smartphone, so we're going to have to pick at him. So we're going to mess with him pretty hard. So, but anyway, so, hey, we're going we're gonna to pray for just a moment, and uh, we're going to do some worship, and we have some, some uh, teaching that I'm going to do tonight with some handouts. But uh, we, we need to pray for our nation as well uh, with all this craziness going on. Man, I, I didn't even, I, I was, we went to the hospital to see somebody last night, me and Wendy, and. Didn't know any of that was going on, and we, we stopped at about 9 to grab a quick bite on the way back. We had about an hour drive back, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, Iran's done sent missiles. This ain't good. You know, and, and so <laughs> luckily it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Uh, God is watching over us in it, but we need to pray against all of these, these things that are coming up. You know, we know what the Word of God says at the end of days. Things like this are going to happen with Gog, Magog, and all of that. But it's just people are still getting hurt. People are dying. Um, and, you know, so we just need to pray. So let's let's open up in prayer tonight if we can. So, dear, dear Lord, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we have those that, that are sick. Lord, we have those that are coming through surgery. And, Lord, we're thankful that you'll continue to watch over them, Father, that, that your hand is upon them and you're helping them to heal. You're helping them to recover through the things that they've gone through. Lord, we just continue to speak against infections that would try to come against their bodies. And we pray for rapid healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we have some that are even out with, with sicknesses and, and colds, any viruses, things that are coming against their bodies, Lord, that is in this natural world. And we just, again, we speak healing upon them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we re rebuke viruses and bacterial infections on their body. We speak life into them and strength. Lord, we rebuke the pain that may be coming with flu symptoms or whatever it is. We speak against it now in the name of Jesus. And we release a healing to them right now. And Lord, we pray for... For the, the things that are going on in this world, Lord, we pray for our leaders tonight, Father, that they would continue to seek you for answers and wisdom and, and guidance, Lord, as, as we're dealing with these foreign countries of Iran and even some of the other ones with Iraq. Lord, we need wisdom, Lord. We need our, our leaders to have wisdom, and we need to continue to have your divine protection upon us through this time, Father. So, so give them wisdom and protect our soldiers that are scattered around the world. Lord, and we just thank you for intervening into situations and, and moving upon people that are sick and being with us here tonight. 
Lord, everything that we do tonight, we pray that it would glorify you and it would just bring you joy. So, Lord, be, be welcome in this place. Have your way in this service, Father. Have your way. And let us learn from your word tonight. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, look, we're going to get ready to do some worship. And uh, again, we're going to do a, a teaching after that. And uh, hopefully it'll help us to grow in the word. Amen. All right, let's get ready to worship. Come on. Amen. Let's stand up tonight so we can do some worship. Come on.
Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your joy that comes in the midst of our situation. How the world looks at us and says that we should be fearful or afraid. And we just smile and say, but I have hope and I have joy. Jesus.
and speak a stand. Just cry, holy, and you come like a rushing wind. I can't speak a stand. Just cry, holy, and you come like a rushing wind. I can't speak a stand. Just cry, holy, and you come like a rushing wind. I can't speak a stand, just cry holy and you fall like a mighty rain overtaking me with your glory and you fall like a mighty rain overtaking me with your glory. Father, we thank you for bringing us deeper into your presence, God. When we didn't think it was even possible, Lord, you revealed more of yourself to us. Lord, continue revealing yourself to us that we would know more about you, God, and that your presence would continue to change us. We would change day by day, glory by glory, piece by piece, that we might become more like Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you have revealed yourself. We pray that you continue to instruct us, Lord, through your word tonight. And we ask this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, I want you to say amen tonight. Amen. Well, you can be seated. We're going to get ready to do this. i got to grab a stand. Hallelujah. Just when I thought I couldn't go any deeper. Here, you're going to need one of these. Just more. Thank you, Lord. Here, you want to hand these out for me? Pass those out over there. Pass those over there. I think I got my one already. Uh, yep, I got mine. Hallelujah. All right, you can put that title slide up there for me. Oh. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. Go ahead. It's called prayer, Rollins. You have to move it down. in the song list. Hallelujah. There we go. Well, listen, so we started talking Sunday about prayer a little bit more, and I want us to spend a few weeks looking at different facets of it. Uh, It's actually a a book on prayer that, uh, remember John and Debbie Burke? from uh, Texas that had come and uh, spent a service with us. Thank you. It's uh, actually a, a manual she wrote that they used at their church for, for their prayer team and all. And I want us to kind of look into some of this on, on some of the different pieces of it. So I've given you the, the first lesson, basically, uh, of everything that's involved in the first lesson. 
And this is every, all the scriptures and everything that we're going to go over tonight. I have some of them on the screen as well. But I want us to spend a little bit of time talking about prayer. And again, now we need to dive deeper. Right? Sunday I preached about its importance. But now we need to dive deeper so we can put some more tools in our tool bag. Right? We need, we need more tools. So go ahead and put up that next slide for me right there. Spiritual warfare is two things. What do you think spiritual warfare is? It's two words. What do you think it is? Anybody? It's just two words. You got it. It's spiritual and it's warfare. It's that easy. Oh, let's go home. No. <laughs> it's spiritual. And I totally misspelled that. It's warfare. <laughs> but that's okay. Now maybe you'll remember it because it made you laugh. I didn't do that on purpose, but hey, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get that as a benefit. If you're a school teacher, you know, you learn when you make the kids laugh, they remember things better. But I, I didn't do that on purpose, I promise. Uh, so, no, <laughs> I just can't spell is the problem, and spell check didn't fix me. And, and so it's spiritual, and it's warfare. So go ahead to the next one. So, so with that understanding, it's invisible yet real. And that's, that's the foundation of what we have to understand about prayer. It is an invisible world that we can't touch, but yet we can. We can't feel it, but yet we can, right? I, I, I don't think we can smell it, but yet I've smelt it before. I've, I've felt the water rushing by my feet when there's no water around. I felt the breeze of the Holy Spirit when the air conditioners aren't on. So it's invisible, but yet it is real. And that is the thing that we have got to get inside of our minds. Because that's where the battle is in, in our spiritual life, is we're fighting against this thing right here between our head, right, in between our ears. Because we rationalize everything, and we, we have grown up in a physical world. And, you know, if you remember the movie Matrix, I, I really, I think the... You know, not, not saying the movie was great, but the idea of the concept of the movie is very spiritual. Because the, the guy lived in a world that he thought was real. But then one day somebody gave him a pill that showed him the reality of where he really was. And he woke up and he realized the world was never what he thought it was. And then he had to learn how to operate. But then there came a time when he learned how to operate in the fake world with authority. And then he could flex his muscles and, and the walls would move and he could stop the bullets. And, you know, and, and again, it's 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 where we are. OK, go ahead, throw that next one up there for me. Let's look at the first scripture. It's on your paper. And see, and all, all of these are right there on your paper. Second Corinthians 418. Now, sometimes these are slightly different because I have no idea where she got these from. And I tried my best to find these versions. So I'm going to read it from the paper. Look at this. We do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. So look at that. Though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day. This body is decaying, but my spiritual man is being renewed day by day. How is my spiritual man being renewed? Prayer, the word, right? Yeah, spending time with God, right? Man will not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father, right? 
the washing of the word cleanses my mind. You know, prayer refreshes my spirit. It, it allows me to commune with, with a heavenly God. You know, and so my outer man may be decaying, but my inner man is being strengthened day by day. But the thing is, is again, we're fighting this mind. So everything around me looks like it's falling apart. But is it really? It is. It is. It's falling apart around me. But spiritually, is it falling apart? And that's where, hopefully going through this, we will begin to see the fact that, that these things go hand in hand. But we can defeat things spiritually and, and also deal with them physically at the same time. But sometimes we defeat things spiritually and nothing physically does change. Right? You know, maybe you got a flat tire on the way over here. Was that the devil? Maybe. Or maybe the, the, the threads have been showing on your tire for six months. <laughs> right? Maybe just wisdom said you needed to change that six months ago, and the tire guy told you, and your, your son told you, and, you know, Holy Ghost told you, and he even brought you some money to go get it, but you didn't do it. So not everything is the devil. Not everything is spiritual when it comes to, to the things that happen in our life. But if we learn to battle everything in the spirit world, I think we would have probably figured out I need to change that tire. But sometimes you hit a nail, right? Bad things happen to good people. So, so I'm not trying to spiritualize everything, but I believe the spirit realm is more real than the physical realm. You know why? It was here beforehand. God is spirit. He was here before this physical ever came place, ever took place. So it is eternal. This is going to pass away. Let, let's keep looking at this. For momentary, look at this, for momentary light affliction. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had some things that I didn't feel were very light. <laughs> I really didn't feel they were very light. Have any of y'all ever had that? So look at what it says. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory for be far beyond all comparison. Light affliction. I, I think when we're looking at light affliction, it's kind of like me and Nancy were talking today. I read a book one time on excellence in ministry. Everything should be done with excellence, right? And, and the guy just went on about that. Even the way this guy dressed was amazing. You know, three-piece, this, nothing out of order. And I really liked his dress, and I really liked the book. But 10 years later, I read something else, another preacher. He doesn't ever try to do anything out of excellence. Which one was right? Well, you don't know until I finish his statement. Because everybody's idea of excellence was different, and that was his problem. If all of us said we were going to do everything with excellence, every one of them has a different idea. So he came up with, I don't do anything with excellence. I try to do everything better tomorrow than I did today. That's a better concept. Because even though me and you disagree on excellence, as long as you're trying to do it better than before, it's here a light affliction. Your light affliction and my light affliction, there's two totally different meanings. And so, but I think the, the key is, is none of it is more powerful than God. So it is still a light affliction according to the glory of God. And that's what the writer is really talking about. Because it says for momentary, for just a moment, against eternity, our life is a moment. 
for momentary light affliction, that the things that we go through is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Why? Because God's glory and, and the things he has in store for his children are far beyond anything in comparison to this world. So see, it, it, it does, but we have to think of it that way. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. They're temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. We spend more of our energy focusing on this than we do our eternity. I, I, read, I read something I saw on Facebook just before service tonight. I, I really thought it was powerful. I wanted, to, I wanted to share that with you guys. So y'all get it before anybody else. It said, most people just want to be in the result and not in the process. And it's in the process where you realize who deserves to be in the result. <laughs> Again, most of us just want to be in the result, not in the process. But it's in the process where you realize who deserves to be in the result. Isn't that crazy? It, and the picture is a twisted line and a straight line, which I thought was, was really good. Uh, so we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're fighting not against the things here. We're fighting against spiritual things. But yet we're still fighting things here. But they do correlate, and we're going to see that. Listen to this. The next little line you got. Jesus was a flesh and blood man. When he died and rose from the dead, Jesus became an immortal and is now an in, is invisible to us. Jesus is very real. You have to remember this. Was Jesus Christ a man or God when he was on earth? He was both. But when he walked and did what he did, was he operating as God? No. The Bible clearly tells us. Do you have one of your sheets? I know you're holding the baby, so I just want to make sure. The Bible clearly tells us that he found it not what enmity with God to step out of heaven and, and be, right? He operated as a man. And in my way of putting this, which is the way I've said it for years, is that if Jesus, if we're supposed to follow his model, okay, if he is supposed to be the, the person we are supposed to be like, he lived a sinless life, he wants us to live a sinless life, and to model him, right? If he did it because he was God, we will never achieve it, right? If he lived a sinless life because he was God, can you do it? No, because you're not God. But through Jesus, you can. You see, so Jesus was a true man that got killed and died just like us. He's as much flesh and blood with us. It's much flesh and blood with us. And it was the power of the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead. So I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand that there is a physical world and there is a spiritual world. And Jesus Christ was a physical man that walked this earth and stubbed his toe. Right? And, and had hunger pains. But yet he went 40 days with no food. He, he did those things. Why? Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit accessible to you and me? Yes, he is. So that means we have those same abilities as Jesus because of that, okay? So look at the next scripture right there. It's 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1.17. We're just really building the foundation right now so we can pay, you know, get into this. It says, Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 
Jesus is king, eternal, immortal, invisible, and the only God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He now sits at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ. But where is the Holy Spirit? Here with us. Remember what Jesus said? It is good that I go. It is expedient that I go, I guess is one of the words of King James. Why is it that it was better for Jesus to go and send the comforter than him to stay himself? Because he needed to sit at the right hand of the Father so the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead could fill you and you can sit in heavenly places with him. Because it says we sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, which is sitting at the right hand of the Father, right there, that place of power. And in the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, we are sitting at that same place. But we live here. And that's the struggle. <laughs> that's the struggle. Look at 1 Peter 1 and 8. It says, In him, though at present you cannot see him, you nevertheless trust and triumph with a joy which is unspeakable and is crowned with glory. Though at present you cannot see him, I'd love to see him. I have never seen Jesus. I, I have seen things, you know, in the spirit and, and God is revealed, but I've never seen Jesus. But you know what? I know people that that's what they look for their entire life is, is signs. They, they're always looking for him. I'm not. I know his word is there. If I see him, I'm going to rejoice. Right. I, I'd love to have an angel walk up and speak to me in form and, and know that's what it is. Have I seen angels? I've seen the figments of them. I know they're there. Have I seen one out? Man, I'd love to, but I haven't. But again, I know where my hope is. And it's not something I have to have. So we have to continue to focus. Now put that, that next slide up there for me. Faith is invisible, but look at this. Oh, come on, Amelia. <laughs> Faith is invisible, but it reveals itself through our lives. He sat down. That's the problem. Think about this for a second. Okay, my mom got her. <laughs> faith is invisible, right? Your faith is invisible, but it reveals itself through your life. Now, how does it do that? How does it do that? Well, it, it changes you maybe, but how you act and react and, and how you speak and, and the things, right? Because a, a person that's walking in faith is going to speak faith, right? It's going to speak faith. A person that's walking in faith is going to live like they have faith, right? They're going to they're live like they have faith. A person that truly trusts in Jesus will get out of the boat when he says get out of the boat, even though they have no idea that they can walk on water and it doesn't matter to them. I really don't think Peter thought about it. I just think he said, Jesus said, Come to me. Okay. <laughs> but it wasn't until he looked again at the physical world that what happened? I shouldn't be walking on water. Boom. Right. We live by faith, not foolish. I'm not talking about being foolish. Right. Like walking on water wasn't crazy enough. Right. But, you know, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about Jesus standing in front of you and saying, come here. I'm talking about we live a life of faith, not foolish. Not stepping out trying to tempt God. If somebody said, well, then does that mean you can walk out in front of a truck and it won't hit you? 
The word says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I, I don't need to walk out in front of a truck. Now, if Jesus is standing in front of the truck, that, you know, I'm be like, Jesus? <laughs> you know, I, I'm talking about living a life of faith. It should reveal itself in you. And people should be able to see it. They should be able to see it. You know what normally happens? We speak faith and we act like we don't have faith. We speak faith until this gets too big, don't we? I'm guilty. I fight that same battle, that same battle. I stand here and teach you about faith, but yet I, I, I struggle with the same thing. I caught myself the other day. I, I kept making a comment, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit revealed it to me, and I told Wendy, I said, I can't say that no more because I'm speaking against the very thing God's doing. And I was just like, ah, thank you, Lord, for showing it to me. You know, and I was just like, ah. But look what it says on your paper. I, I just summarized that. Our faith is invisible. Our faith is comprised of an invisible hope. Though invisible, our faith and our hope are demonstrated by the results of our lives. I, I like that. I, I said, I just summarized it. But that's, you know, but there again, you can't talk about faith without going to where? You would put up Hebrews 11, 1. Uh, that's one of those scriptures that every believer should know. And, you know, I don't, I have a hard time remembering addresses of scriptures. Hebrews 11, 1. I know that one. Now faith is the substance of things hoping, hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Depending on your translation, it may be yet seen or just seen. But faith is a substance of something I can grab a hold of, but it hasn't always shown me the evidence just yet. But I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on it. So faith. All right, so it takes faith to pray. Was there anything before that? Okay. Where, there it is. So the next line you got right there, I, I really like this line, so I want us to talk about that. Spiritual warfare is invisible, yet powerful and effective. Think about that for a second. Spiritual warfare is invisible, yet powerful and effective. That takes faith to make that statement. Faith that what I pray for, my God hears. Faith that when I'm praying his word, he will actually do it. Faith that I can go to him for anything because his word says it. You can go talk to God. Yep. Why? Word says, I do this, this, and I can. As a believer full of the Holy Spirit, I can approach the throne. I don't have to worry about the scepter being raised or not raised or any of that. I know I can. So prayer is something we've got to do. Ephesians 6 and 12. Look at this. For ours is not a conflict with mere flesh and blood, but with the despotisms and empires, the forces that control and govern this dark world. The spiritual hosts of evil arrayed against us in the heavenly places. Again, that's a weird translation right there. We do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and high places. And you understand that scripture. We are not fighting against this, what we see. We are fighting against the forces behind it. Because those forces are influencing people. They're influencing situations because they have authority on this planet. Think about that. 
Satan has authority. We're going to get in that to this next section. The kingdom of God versus the kingdom of Satan. The kingdom of God versus the kingdom of Satan. Where is the kingdom of Satan? The earth. Right? This is his kingdom. Does he have authority here? He does. Satan has authority on this earth. Does Jesus have authority on this earth? Yeah, he does. Why? Because he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave, which is really the only thing that, that Satan could ever do to us, right? He can, kill our, he, he can kill our mortal bodies, but he can't kill our spirit. So Jesus took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He took those, okay? So let's look at, at Luke chapter 17 right here. I think I got that one on there for you. This is a long one. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he replied to them by saying, look at that. The kingdom of God does not come with signs to be observed or with visible displays, nor with people say, look here, it is, or see, it is here. But behold, the kingdom of God is within you. It is here in your hearts, among you, and is surrounding you. And he said to the disciples, the time is coming when you will no longer see even one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. Where is the kingdom of God? It is here. Does Satan have authority in the kingdom of heaven? No, he does not. He has no authority other than what may be given him. But here's the thing. This is, this is another one of the, the things we, we have to understand. Is he has no authority in heaven. Where do you set? In heavenly places. So your spirit man, he has no authority over your spirit man. Right? But he has authority over your physical body that you give him. Over your physical situation. And he will mess with that constantly. But what happens is, is what he really wants is where you're setting at. He wants your heart. Your heart is setting with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. That's what he wants. So he's always trying to take that authority. And through prayer, I can push him away. Right? I can take that back. Look at Now, the next one in your paper, if you want to fix this, it says Matthew 12, 11 through 12. It's Matthew 12, 28 and 29. Again, I, I copied this out of a workbook, but it's Matthew 12, 28 and 29 is what it should be. It's in, and this, this is one of the, the keys. They were trying to trip Jesus up, of course. They always were. For if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. If I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then that means the Spirit of God is among you. Right? But look at the rest. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man like Satan and plunder his goods? Where is his kingdom? Jesus came to his kingdom and plundered it. Think about that. Jesus walked the earth and stole from Satan. But he wasn't stealing. He was taking back what didn't belong to him. But it did belong to him. Let me throw, let me throw a twist on you. It did belong to Satan. Think about it. This earth was his. When Adam and Eve sinned, the earth was given to him. So Jesus came and took back what the devil stole? No. No. But he still, that, this, is, this is where it's, it's interesting. I want to mess with you for a second. He still didn't have to follow the rules of this world, though. Why? Because he entered into the world as a man, just like you and me, and he lived a sinless life, 
and he, because of his sinless life, could allow the Holy Spirit to, to live in him. He wasn't bound by the rules of this world. Sickness didn't get him. He could walk on water. He could heal the sick. He could cast out devils. Why? Because the kingdom of God has come back. And that's what he was demonstrating. Through the sinless life, the kingdom of God can reign on this earth again. And by his example, we now can do that. You see, so no longer is this world just Satan's. He now has, a, he still has authority here. But we do too. And that's where the, the prayer becomes so important. Because if you look at our region here, our city, there are things going on that are spiritual. There are things going on that are physical. Can, can I tell you, most of the physical things that are going on are caused by spiritual things. If you start looking at, at, at the, the areas where the, the drug-infested areas and you look back at the history of those areas, you will probably find something happening there where those spirits moved in. And people that get into that area get influenced from your spirits. And it keeps happening. You, you can see, hmm? Keeps getting bigger and bigger. You, you can see that, that it passes generationally to people, right? But can I tell you, when I got saved, it stopped in my, my generation? That's right. It ain't going no further. The generational things the enemy was doing in my family stopped right there. Boom, my kids aren't dealing with this. They're not dealing with it. We broke it. So how do we defeat ad addiction in our community and, and addiction to pornography? And all? How do we defeat those? Do we do another program in our schools? Education is never bad. But if we're not on our knees fighting against the very spirits that are causing it, we'll never defeat it. It's like an addict. You can take an addict out. You can, you can take a person that's had alcohol and stop them from drinking, but it's always going to be a fight. Why is the temptation there? There was a physical temptation, right? Their body became addicted to it. There's a physical thing. But can I tell you the physical addictions will wear away? Why does it keep going? Because it's spiritual. There's an enemy coming in saying, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this. Why? Because the enemy wants to kill you. That's his only job in life is to kill you in spite. He wants to kill you to spite God himself because he hates God. He hates God. He thinks he should be on the throne. So if we're going to defeat the things in our area, you don't defeat them by going out and, and you know, tackling them in the physical. Yes, you, you help in the physical. That's Band-Aids. But you have to attack it in a spiritual way or you will never defeat it. That's why I've seen people that have dealt with different types of addictions. And I use addictions because it, it's easier to understand those things. It, it, it's easier to understand because addictions affect the physical body and it, it's a lingering effect. Even when they stop, there's a lingering physical effect because your body becomes addicted to it physically, right, and mentally. And then you move out of that. So how does a person go from, you know, from zero to 60 instantly to being I'm addicted, I'm not addicted, I have no cravings, nothing. Because you've broken the spiritual side of it, and God healed the body. How does that happen? That's happening by battling it in the spiritual world. That, that's where we have to focus at. If we want to see people getting saved, how do we get them from an unsaved state to a saved state? We do outreaches. Outreaches are great. But if we're not praying, their heart will never be open to even see what we're telling them. To see. 
Why? Because we're going out telling people about the life-giving power of Jesus Christ, and the enemy has done this to them. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, I got you. Yeah. And they're starving to death, and you're standing in front of them with a plate of food. They have no idea. They're blind. They're not blind to the word. I'm just using this as a, you know, as a thing to block. So we have to fight this spiritually. And if we're not fighting it spiritually, we will never, ever win. Never win. Do you think Jesus beat everything physically on the cross? He started there. And then it went into the spirit world. And he finished it off in the spirit world. He finished defeating. It all started by living a sinless life and going to the cross being completely blameless. He never did it. He didn't attack. He didn't do all those things. So then when the enemy tried to kill him, which is what could have happened to somebody, right, in the spirit world, they couldn't control him because he had power because he was sinless. They couldn't take control over him. So we have got to fight these things in the spirit world. And when we learn that prayer has power far exceeding our ability to yell, far exceeding our ability to yell. When, when you sit there in the morning, in the evening, driving around, you, you drive through the city, where, wherever you are, just, just begin to pray. Say, God, I free the addicts in this area right now in Jesus' name. God, I free the minds of people that they will understand what you're telling them. God, I, I bind the enemy that's closing their ears. Just, just begin to do that. And what will happen is people will be receptive to what God is doing because they can finally hear it. Finally hear it. And that's where we've got to focus at. And I have no idea where I'm at anymore because I got so far off, but that's okay. For when a strong man like Satan is fully armed and guards his palace, nope, there we go. for who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man like Satan and plunder his goods? Well, look at this. Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. Who is the only one strong enough to plunder Satan's house? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And, and God, even God, being as, as powerful and, and eternal as he is, put things in motion that if you look through the Old Testament, how did God move? Through the actions of men, didn't he? Through men. He didn't blow the water open until Moses raised the staff. Come on. He wants to use his people so his people can be involved in this. If, if it was just about him, he would have done it years ago. And it wouldn't need any of this. But he wants to use his people and we have power in our mouth. We have power in our prayers. And he wants us to utilize that. And we've got to get a burden for people that are lost and dying. And understand that with that burden comes a responsibility. That every believer is responsible for those lost people. When we understand we have a responsibility. Why? It's just like a police officer. A police officer has a responsibility to do what? What is on their badge and on their cars? To serve and protect. To serve and protect is their responsibility. It's what they swore the oath to do. Right? It's what people in the military swear an oath. I will defend the Constitution of the United States. All of those things. And as a believer, the Holy Spirit is now in me, and it is now my responsibility to pray for this region, to, to spread the gospel. These people are dying on my watch. 
Nobody else's. The people that I come in contact, these people are dying without Jesus because of me. When we start seeing it that way, we take it more serious. And then we begin to pray, and then we begin to say, God, we've got to, we need you, God. We need help. Well, wait a minute. Didn't he say, pray to the Lord of the harvest? Because the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Yeah, the harvest is already there. It's always been there. But we need to pray for the, the laborers, those that will go into the field, those that will begin to pray. You know, many years ago, God showed me a picture of, of how do you take back an area. You know, the very first thing he showed me was is you begin to identify the area. You know what the second part was? Is you begin to pray. Prayer begins to move the trees. Prayer begins to move the trees. And as the forest was cut, you know what happened next? Then the warfare started. And it was the power of the intercessors that began to walk the grounds and chop the stumps and remove the stones. Why? Because you can't go in there with, with a tiller and till the ground with all that stuff up. It's going to tear up your equipment, right? So the intercessors go in and they begin to chop up the stumps and remove the rocks and all those things. And then after that, what comes in? They come in and they begin to till the ground and they begin to plant the ground. They begin to water the ground. Some plant, some water, some harvest. See the pattern there? But prayer is what goes before all of that. Prayer always goes before that. Prayer always goes before. Let's look at Luke 11. I don't know if I even put any of these in there. Yes. Look at this. For when a strong man like Satan is fully armed and guards his palace, his possessions are safe until someone even stronger attacks and overpowers him. Look at it. Strips him of his weapons and carries off his belongings. How do we strip the, the armor and the power off of Satan? Through the authority, the word of God, and it all happens through prayer. How did Jesus defeat Satan? By the word. Satan, it is written. So you're talking about Jesus Christ himself who could have said, devil, no. You know, he, he could have prayed a three-hour prayer. He didn't, did he? He just simply said, Satan, it is written. It is written. It is written. He understood the word. And by knowing the word, I understand the power I have and the authority that I have. And that's the key is the authority that we have as believers to speak forth the truth, to speak forth through prayer. And by doing that, we will strip all of his weapons off. And then what happens? We go in and plunder. We can take back what the devil stole. Look what the Lord has done. Dun, dun, dun. Look what the Lord has done. I used to sing that song. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Yeah, I used to, we used to do that. Yep. Let's look at Colossians. I don't think I put this one, did I? Okay, so let's look at the paper. Very bottom of, bottom of page two. For in him... All the fullness of the deity lives in body form. All of the Godhead lives in Jesus. And you have been filled with him, being again Jesus, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And in him, Jesus, you were circumcised, not, however, with a circumcision performed by human hands, 
but by the removing of the fleshly body that is through the circumcision done by Christ. You are now a part of the body. For the Jewish people, they had to be circumcised. They had to have the surgery and all of that. But through Christ Jesus, you are circumcised into the body of Christ and the fullness of the Godhead itself. What created the entire universe is inside of you. And you have all of that authority when you learn to use it. When you learn to use it. And he just continues to to go down through there. And I want to turn to the last page so we can go through this last page. I want us to to talk about this for a few minutes. None of this is going to be on the screen. Where spiritual warfare takes place. Where does it take place? In the spirit. And it happens in the flesh. But we're battling in the spirit and we're seeing the results in the flesh. Why? Because Satan was cast down to the earth. This is his domain. This is his domain. You cannot beat up on the devil in his domain. That's like going 12 rounds with Mike Tyson back in the day before he bit Holyfield's ear off and all of the craziness that he got into. I don't know if you ever watched boxing back in the day. But I tell you what, that man scared me. He scared a lot of big men. He scared a lot of boxers. Because he'd just stand there and he'd punch you one time and it's over with. But those guys got millions of dollars to get hit one time. And I was like, well, he can hit me once. You know, I just stand there for a million dollars. I stand there for $100,000 if he's going to graze me, you know. Of course, I'll probably spend it in doctor bills. But the thing is, you are not man or woman enough to stand up to Satan himself. He will beat you. But through the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ, Satan, get thee behind me. Yeah. You see, we've got to understand those things. And so these scriptures right here is basically going through explaining the fact that Satan was cast down to the earth. Again, we're trying to give the, the foundation that Satan was cast down here, Luke 10, 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Look down Revelations. And the huge dragon was cast down and out. The age-old serpent who is called the devil and Satan, he who is the seducer or the deceiver of all humanity, the world over, he was forced out and down to the earth. His angels were flung out among them. Satan is not in hell. And you can't bind him into hell. You don't have that authority. God himself will cast him into hell. God himself, the, the angels basically, will, will do it for him. But his kingdom of darkness is in the heavenly realms. And one day he will be cast into lake, the hell and then the lake of fire. Look at Job 2.2. It's the next one down. And the Lord said, Satan, where do you come from? And Satan said in answer, from wandering this way and on that on the earth, going to and fro on the earth. Why? Because the devil is always wandering around trying to find out a weakness. And he knows our weaknesses. Why? Because he knows us very well. Very, very well. So look at that. We must be used as a guide in any spiritual assignment. Look at this right here. Spiritual warfare requires faith that God will honor our intercession. Spiritual warfare requires a hope because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Spiritual warfare requires above all that we love at all times and intercede with the heart of love from our Father. Scripture says that of these three, faith, hope, and love, love, agape of God, is the greatest and most important. We battle in hope. 
that God hears our prayers and that that person is going to be set free. We battle in faith that the words we speak are going to be heard and they work. But our battle is always with love because I do not fight the person. Do not fight the person. I do not hate the person. I just don't like the sin that they're bound in. So when I'm praying from an anger, there's no love in that. But when there is a love coming behind it, that, that that child is walking across the road and you scream at the top of your lungs and you sound like you're crazy, that's not anger, that's love because you know that child's just going to get hurt. You see, we, we've got to focus on, on what God is doing around us and we will sense what he's doing through us when we're praying like that. This is only lesson one. The rest of them begin to really get into the different pieces of it, okay? But prayer is just this important. And if we're going to see people set free, we've got to learn to pray like this. And we've got to become people of prayer like this. Because when we're not praying, listen, you can, we can put on enough of a show around here that we can get people to show up. If you feed them, they will come. We can do that. And we can preach enough of an emotional message that people will cry. I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm a mess. I'm not looking at either one of those. I want people that when they get saved and set free, they come up different. And it sticks. Why? Because they're not talking out of an emotional state. They're talking out of something that they have been broken spiritually of. They've been set free from these things. And if we're not praying for that, people are going to come and they're going to go right back into where they left. And they're going to be seven times worse. Because the devil is real and he does want to kill them. So everything this year is, is we've got to become people of prayer. This has to become a house of prayer. We've got to think about prayer. We've got to dream about prayer. We, we've got to, everything we do, we must pray about it. Yep, let's pray some more about it. Let's keep praying because... This community needs us, needs every church to be a house of prayer and a house that fights, right? If you look at through the scripture, you see that they, they were, what was it, Peter in jail, and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed, and then all of a sudden an angel went and unlocked the door. An earthquake. Was it Paul and Silas? Well, no, there was Peter at one point, I think earlier up in Acts, that they thought it was Peter's ghost. Yeah, we, we've got to learn to pray like that and see people set free. And so for the next few Wednesdays, we're going to go over this kind of stuff and we're going to we're going to keep talking about it until we can really get in our minds what's already in our spirits. Our spirit understands prayer. Our spirit communes with God all the time. Spirit's just trying to get us to understand it. So we'll do it. It's really what it is. Amen. So let's spend just a couple minutes tonight before we dismiss and we're going to pray and then we can dismiss and, and go do some other things. So I just. Spend a few minutes praying for those that are sick in our congregation, people that are attached to us. I, I want you to pray as well. I'm going to pray, but I want you to pray. If you have something, you can just put it on soft up there. I just I want us to pray. Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers, God. Lord, and I just ask right now, God, that we have those that are sick that, that need a touch from you. Holy Spirit, go to them and, and touch their bodies right now. Lord, I just... Rebuke cancer in people in the name of Jesus. Lord, I come against infections right now. These 
these things that are in their blood, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, your word says, when I saw thy polluted in thy blood, I said live. So, God, I say live to those that have infections that are ravaging in their bodies. And, and I just command it to die right now in the name of Jesus. I command you to go. I command you to go. I command it to leave right now. Those, 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 God, that are connected with our house fall under the prayer protection of this house. And we just speak over them right now, protection. Just We release the angels to go to them right now, God, the warrior angels to fight on their behalf. In the name of Jesus, I release it right now. Mm. Jesus, I release them. Protect these people, God. Protect our children. Protect our families. Jesus. Lord, we need your presence in our life everywhere we go. Lord, we ask that your presence would always go before us. Don't let us be like the, the ones that were walking on the road as you walked next to them and we didn't even realize that you were standing right there with us the whole time. Lord, so just release to us, God, the, the keys. Release to us the keys that we need to fully walk in the understanding of the power of prayer. Jesus, I just release them right now in the name of Jesus. I release them right now. Yes, God, I release them right now. Keys are falling even now. I literally just saw gold keys falling, which was kind of weird to me at first. So just put your hand out tell them, God, I receive the key. Keys are wisdom. Keys unlock doors. God, I receive those right now. I receive the keys to the wisdom and the, and the doors that you want me to unlock through the power of the prayer and of walking in your spirit. Lord, I believe some of these keys are, are freeing people that are bound in our area. I believe some of these keys are, are freeing people even in this place right now, God, that are, that are still feeling the effects of their past life. Lord, as I know the enemy comes in sometimes and tries to bring up the things that, that we did before we got saved. And I believe, Lord, that through the Holy Spirit that you are breaking those things right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I really think the Lord wants me to pray specifically. If you're here and you had something in your past that that was controlling or something that you still feel that comes up periodically and you're just like, I, I need this thing broken. I'm not talking about he just reminds you of your past. I'm talking about something before that, that was there and it, it, it had a control. It may have been an addiction. It may not have. I don't know what it is, but I believe God wants us to pray and break that connection off tonight through the power of his, his word through his spirit. That's you. I just want you to come up quickly tonight, and, and I want us to pray for you that those things would be broke off of you tonight, and you would not suffer against them again. Jesus, that's you. I just want you to come up. I want to pray with you. It's, it's not about being a bad person or anything. It's just the enemy through, through our life attaches to us and, and still tries to drag us back in ways, and, and sometimes we just need prayer to break these things off of us. I want you to quickly come up tonight so we can pray with you and, and agree through the power of prayer that this thing will be broken and it will no longer have a control. So come up quickly tonight. Jesus. Mm. 
guys, I'm going to grab some more. pray for you tonight. And whatever it is, it's sin, doesn't matter. I know God's big enough. Amen. Come on. Lord, I just anoint my brother with oil right now, Father. Jesus. Lord, he has already confessed you as his Savior. Just say it again. Say, Jesus, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. Forgiven me of my sins my life to you. Devil, you see that he has committed himself to Jesus. And these things that you have tried to hold on to, I cut the ties right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I break the cords. And according to the word of God, I dry the waters. You are no longer, (laughs) you are no longer allowed here, devil, in the name of Jesus. Mm, You are no longer allowed here. And I just build a hedge of protection around him. And I rebuke these things that have come against him physically because of what you are doing, enemy, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I just speak clarity over his mind right now. I release clarity right now in the name of Jesus Christ. The effects of his past will no longer have control of him. Restore him, Father, in the name of Jesus. Release your spirit upon him, God. Mm, Jesus. His past no longer defines him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, I release it right now. Mm, Yes, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Anybody else? Tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Jesus. Mm. Come on, guys. Come on. Y'all give a praise to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Jesus. Anybody else? Come on. We're going to pray. just speak right now to the enemy who has tried to connect to him through his years. You have confessed Jesus as your Lord. I just want you to tell him once again, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. And you have forgiven me of all my sins. And I cut the ties of my past of anything the enemy is trying to hold on to. Anything the enemy is trying to attach to me, I cut it right now in the name of Jesus Christ devil, you're a liar, and I command you to release him right now in the name of Jesus Christ. According to the word, I cut the ties and I dry the waters, and therefore you no longer have a home. You no longer have a reason to be. You are unwelcome, and you are trespassing in the name of Jesus. And I command you to cease right now. And I just release a hedge of protection over him right now in the name of Jesus Christ. 
that you can no longer come. And God, I just release clarity to him right now that he sees the enemy being broken in those areas and he will walk in a newness of life and a fresh anointing on his life. In the name of Jesus Christ, right now I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, amen. Thank you. I actually got a hug. I was, I was wondering if I was going to get one. <laughs> For those online, that's my son and he doesn't like to hug people, so I have to mess with him. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's pray. Jesus. Come on. Jesus. God can break it. God can break it. You know, I, I'm going to tell you this. I heard this story many years ago. It's kind of funny. But it, it, it proves the point of, of where we're at. There was a gentleman that came up to my pastor in an evangelistic outreach one time and says, I want to break the... Now, this guy was talking about cigarettes. That's not you know what you're here for, but it's just you'll understand what I'm talking about. And he said, I want to break the power of cigarettes. Okay. He said, you sure? <laughs> it's okay. He said, I want you to pray this. All right. Dear God, if I put a cigarette to my mouth, put a cigarette to my mouth, strike me dead. Whoa, hold on a second. He said, no, 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 pray. He said, no, no, no. He said, so are you sure you really want to get rid of this thing? Yeah, you sure? When we get to that point where it says, God, it's got to go, take me home. I want them all. And you understand what I'm saying. But it was just kind of like, you know, it's one of those things. And you know what? I believe you are. You're ready to, you know, to get rid of this thing. But it was just something that God reminded me of when you came up here. And I want to share that with you. So come on. Just put your hands up tonight. Father, we just, right now, Lord, I anoint my brother. Guys, this is so unusual how God keeps me having me pray this. It's just, I'm, this is what I sense he wants me to do. So, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You are the Savior of my soul. You have forgiven me of all sins. Now I cut the ties of the past. Jesus. Father, I just cut them right now, Lord. Again, to, according to your word, God, did I hear you saying tonight, these ties are cut right now. The things that are trying to continue to hold him, these spirits that are trying to hold him, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I dry the waters and I command you to leave. You have been influencing him for far too long. You know you can't control him, so you try to influence. And I break it right now. I silence your mouth in the name of Jesus Christ. And in the physical things you have put on his body, I command them to leave right now in the name of Jesus. You must go. He is free indeed through the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. You are free. He who is set free is free indeed. Mm. I break them right now. And Lord, I just release the blinders to his eyes that he would not even be able to see those anymore. Those things when the enemy tries to come in and, and, and bring things into his mind, I put the spiritual blinders up right now that he would not even be able to see the enemy trying to influence him in areas. Mm. And I release the freedom right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now, you are free indeed. You are free indeed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just release a fresh anointing on him right now. 
fresh anointing in the name of Jesus. Move it down. Now, he didn't come saying he was having sins of the eyes. It was just something that I sense the Lord want me to do by, by when the enemy comes in like that. So I just wanted to, you know, he didn't come up here saying that. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Jesus. The power of prayer, guys. Power of prayer. Power of prayer. Power of prayer. We've got to be praying, church. We've got to be a praying people. Because only prayer is going to set this world free. Prayer. Father, again, we thank you for what you've done here tonight. Holy Spirit, you're so amazing. So amazing. I thank you, Lord, for showing up as you always do. Even in your busy schedule, Lord, you always make time for us. <laughs> it's so awesome. Just continue to have your way in all of us and in this area. And continue, Lord, to pour your spirit out upon the churches in our area that they would feel the burden for the lost and the burden to pray and to seek your face as we do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you agree with that tonight, I want you to say amen. Amen. God bless you. Hey, thank you. Again, Sunday morning, we'll be in here for prayer. Amen. 9.